Awesome. Fantastic. Thank you, Ben. And uh, what a great church. Uh, it was this stage and pulpit where I learned to preach. And uh, just so thankful. Recognize so many people here. And uh, you're all gone gray. <laughs> Old and wrinkly. <laughs> but you're still here. And I uh, just want to honor the faithfulness of so many. Uh, and so good to be here. And uh, grab a seat. Turn to your neighbor and just tell him, gosh, you're good looking. If you're lucky, I'll give you a kiss today. So, uh, awesome. Very good. Well, let's pray as we come around God's word this morning. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you it's anointed. Pray that you speak to every life. And I pray that the great miracle of preaching, where Holy Spirit, you can speak to each life about whatever you want to. I just thank you for that. And not my mouth to speak your words. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hey, if you're taking notes, get out your iPhone, uh, Android, if you're not that godly. And uh, I want to share a word that I want you to go away and have a think about. I want to talk about five houses of five seasons you will be in in your life. And as I share this word, you'll be able to identify, okay, what season am I in? What's the lesson God wants to teach me in that season so that you can move on? You know, for the people of Israel, they escaped out of Egypt and it would have taken a number of days to walk to Canaan. But they kept walking around in the desert because they did not learn the lessons that God wanted them to learn. And now how many people know that you're either in a wilderness, you're either coming out of a wilderness or you're either going to enter a wilderness? Right, encouraging preaching, Pastor Mike. Yes, you're right. It's, it's reality. And if you've been promised that the Christian walk is perfect and upward all the time, you've been lied to. <laughs> you know, Christianity isn't a bed of roses. Well, it is. There's thorns. Uh, you know, there's a whole bunch of dramas. But I tell you what, what God does promise is he promises us that he'll never leave us or forsake us. God didn't promise you happiness. God promised you his presence. Amen? I was talking to someone this morning. There's a big difference between happiness and joy. Happiness is a feeling. Joy is a position in Christ. So I believe that the world doesn't actually know joy. They know happiness. And I just want to talk around that this morning. You know, and I pray that God speaks to you out of this. Let's turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 1 to verse 5. And it says this, There's a time for everything... And a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born, a time to die, a time to plant, a time to uproot, a time to kill, and a time to heal, a time to tear down, a time to build, a time to weep, a time to laugh, a time to mourn, a time to dance, and a time to scatter stones, and a time to gather them. Not quite sure what that's about, but, you know, uh, scattering stones. There you go. You know, if there ever was a life in the Bible that really uh, typified what it is to walk through seasons well. It's the story of Joseph in the Old Testament. Joseph had, I think, it's 17 chapters written about him. Not bad. Probably the only other person who had more chapters about him was Jesus. And he's a man that faced incredible challenge, but came through into the very promises of God. So let's have a look at this. Five seasons uh, or five houses that Joseph went through. Amen. The first house that you start with is Jacob's house 
It's the house of conception of the dream. It's a place of conception of the destiny that God has for you. You're at church, you're at youth, you know, God gives you a vision, God gives you a word, and you're like, that's it. This is what I was going to become. Matter of fact, it was in this room that God spoke to me about the season that I'm in right now. And God is a God of order, not a God of confusion. Can I hear an amen about that? All right. God is a God of order. God wants to speak to you. And God wants to show you the dream and vision he has for you. Now listen, he doesn't show you all the steps. He just shows you the next step. All right. And I'm convinced that if God showed us everything, we would not do it. That's my theory. You know, I look back at my life and I'm so thankful, filled with so many great memories and, and joys. But gosh, the challenges at times can be overwhelming. You need to go to Jacob's house, the house of conception of the vision. Let me just read from that. Verse 5, Joseph had a dream. And when he's told his brothers, they hated him all the more. Don't you love family life and ministry, hey? Lovely. Fantastic. Verse 6, and he said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were, uh, we were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. Wow, what a dream. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Do you actually rule us? Now, I'm not sure what your family's like. But in my family, if I stood up and said to my brothers and sisters, hey, listen, God's spoken to me. You're going to bow down and worship me. You're going to bow down in awe to me. I don't know what your family's like, but I probably would have ended up in the same place that Joseph ended up at the end of the story. <laughs> the house of conception, Jacob's house, is essential. I want you to write down the lesson you've got to learn here. Is if you can do the dream without God, it's not a God vision. The, the God dream, the God destiny for you needs to scare you a bit. Like if you think God's spoken to you, like, ah, this is easy. It's not from God. <laughs> the, th the purpose that God has you on this planet to do will always be in partnership with heaven and with the local church. Now, I'm not saying everyone's going to become a pastor, but I will say this, that whatever God calls you to, it will be about building his kingdom in some form. And you cannot do it without God. Can I encourage you then, if that's true, and it is, that when you start making life-changing decisions, you do nothing until you've heard from the house of Jacob, the house of conception, of the dream. You've got to get a word from God. And if you haven't heard to change, don't change. Just wait. Just wait. Number two is the well house. It's not really well, but uh, it's not really a house, but you know, it, it just works a sermon. Uh, <laughs> This is a house of constriction. Now, this is interesting because the house of, of Jacob, the house of conception, is, it's exciting. It's the prophecy from the guest speaker. It's the revelation that God's given you. You're going to be this. And you're at Youth Alive. You get a word from God. You're at a conference. And you're like, this is amazing. God's going to send me to the nations to preach. And you step out. And the exact opposite to that happens. You ever experienced that? Hang on a second, God, you told me that I was going to have a position of influence. And the next thing you're down, bottom of well, and your family's trying to kill you. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. Uh, constriction. I tell you what, this, this knocks out a lot of Christians. Well, maybe I didn't hear from God. What the lesson that you learn in the bottom of the well is that help doesn't come from the north, south, east, and west. It comes from above. And it, it reemphasizes the fact 
that the call and the hand of God that's on your life is all about partnership with heaven. And while people, uh, you know, you've got friends and family that don't know Jesus, you share your dream and they just don't understand it. And let's be honest, if we were in their shoes, we probably wouldn't understand it either. It's about revelation. It's not, it's, it's not something that's in the world. It's something that is a spirit thing. And for a lot of Christians, they love the word from God. Oh, Pastor Mike, God spoke to me and, and God showed me that I'm going to be preaching the gospel in all the continents of the world. When can I preach at church, Pastor Ben? How about you go to a connect group and be faithful? No, no, that's not the God dream. God said that I'm going to do this. And what happens is constriction comes and it starts to test is what God promised in you alive. You know, when it comes to a seed, I think I've got a photo here. A seed only germinates to bear fruit when it's enclosed with pressure. You know, if I had a seed, who here are farmers, love gardening, we'll go gardening. Yeah, yeah, gosh, it's horrible. <laughs> I hate gardening so much. I'm so lazy with mowing that I paid someone 80 bucks to do it last time. And my wife's like, gosh, you're lazy. And I said, you're right. Like, I'm with you. But isn't it a good lawn mowing? Like, if I do it, I can't do it that good. So, like, isn't this amazing? Uh, but if I had a whole bunch of seeds in a jar and I put it, I go, look at the seeds I've got. Isn't it amazing? And I'll just put it up in the jar and every day we'll walk by and go, they're great seeds. You know, as Christians, it is only when the seed is planted in the ground that it bears the fruit. You know, the story of the seeds, the parable, talking about the sharing of the gospel. It says a farmer got up one day. And he starts to scatter seed in, in thorny soil, rocky soil, uh, you know, well-worn path and good soil. And the good soil is where the seed needs to go. I don't know if you ever thought about that passage and you've gone, what a useless farmer. Like as a farmer, you only sow seed in good ground, right? He's just chucking seed everywhere. And uh, the truth is that it's our responsibility to be faithful in sowing and it's God's responsibility to do the germinating and the growing. So when it comes to our lives, God is interested in you getting in the ground. I, I don't mean like coffin. I mean like seed. <laughs> Bear with me here. <laughs> it's in the well house that you learn. Hey, listen, this is not north, south, east and west. This is from above. And I've got to trust God because in the midst of what's going on in your life, you might understand it. Again, he doesn't promise understanding. <laughs> How many times you ask God, God, what are you doing? And heaven's like, silence, all right? That doesn't mean God's against you. God's still there. If you don't feel it, don't worry about it. Because it's not about feeling, it's about revelation and position before God. So important. Trust the process. I want to encourage you. You're coming out of, you know, conception of the dream. You hit the well, you hit the, well the constriction. Just trust God. God's not a liar, he doesn't tease. I tease. God doesn't. My boys love cold rock ice cream. Have you got that here? Right. Uh, in Townsville, it's a big deal because it's so hot and miserable and like hell. Uh, <laughs> this is streamed, isn't it? <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> my boys love it. And I said to my boys, uh, when they're a little bit younger, I said, listen, eat your, eat your meal. 
eat your veggies. Dad's got some cold rock for you. They're like, wow. And so they start hooking into the food. And all right, Dad, we're ready for cold rock. And I went into the freezer and I put two rocks from the garden. (laughs) And I put them on the plate and go, there you go. Oh, man, they were ticked. I am not God. How many are thankful for that? So when God conceives a dream in you, trust the process. Trust him. Don't go for the world's understanding. Oh, did God really say? What what, what did Satan say to Adam and Eve in the garden? Did God really say? That's That's the well. That's the place of constriction where Satan wants to come and minimize the greatness that God has impregnated in you. Okay? Trust the process. God knows what he's doing. Number three is part of his house. It's the house of testing and training. Can I just say this? Most of the church is stuck here. Part of his house is essential. Can I encourage you, if you've got dream destiny from God, before that ever comes to pass, God will put you in a season where you serve another man's vision and dream. And if you can't do that, God will never release you into yours. Now, let's be honest. Sometimes the leaders, the pastors, the people we work with let us down and they're just not great. Well, think about old Joseph. (laughs) He was sold as a slave. Thanks, God. Thanks, God. Great dream, great destiny. He's dying in a well. But in the midst of all of this stuff, he kept his spirit right. And so God wanted to test the fact, can you humble yourself and serve another man's vision and dream so that I can trust you with a heavenly dream and vision that brought about the redemption and the salvation of the nation of Israel. Let's go further. The lineage of Christ may have been destroyed without his faithfulness, with Joseph's and without God's faithfulness. Amazing. Can I encourage you with this season, the reason why part of his house is so dangerous, because remember the dream? That, that, that Joseph would have leadership, he'd have influence, and, and uh, all these things would happen. And what does he have at Potiphar's? Well, he has an aspect of influence. Let's have a read. I think I've got a verse here. Yeah, let's read the verse. Genesis 39. The Lord was with Joseph so that he prospered. And he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. And when his master saw the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in Potiphar's eyes and became his attendant. And Potiphar put him in charge of his whole household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. That's not what you do with slave. And so the danger of Potiphar's house is that you have an aspect of authority. You've got an aspect of fruit. You've got a level, a level of breakthrough. And the church goes, oh, this is what it means. No, no, it's testing and training. And what you may have settled in is not where God wants you to be. Now, you do the season, you learn the lesson, and you move on. We don't want to settle back. Like as a church... Uh, I just stat- I found it really hard to worship God today. It's not about the worship team. I was just looking at everyone. Going, my gosh, look how old they are now. Ah. And then I look at Mirror and I'm like, oh, sheesh, I'm the same. But I looked across this room packed with people and I just said, gosh, God, you're so faithful. You know the danger of this? I'm facing the same danger in Townsville as that things are rocking, things are good, things are amazing. But church, don't settle here. I know your pastors aren't settling here. It's an incredible tension. And Paul faced it between, you know, I'm grateful, I'm content with all God's done, but I press forward. That is a healthy tension that we need to live in, where we're thankful and grateful for what God's done. Joseph was thankful 
for the blessing of the Lord that was on his, on his life in Potiphar's house, but you can't sit there. And the dangers of churches this size in my church is that how good is it? Come in here, place full, it feels nice. Uh, I, I had uh, breakfast with Pastor Ben. Well, I ordered breakfast. We're t- talking too much and I took it for takeaway uh, later. But I just hear in his heart about expansion and about building. Friend, come on, get behind that. While there's a soul that is not saved in this region, the church should never settle. Right? So I'm pretty confident there's a couple of people out here on the streets that don't know Jesus. So don't settle at Potiphar's house. See, the reason why God had spoken in Jacob's house to Joseph was that God's thinking there's a nation who's going to be in drought and famine and they're starving. See, we think God's call and destiny is about us. It actually isn't. <laughs> it's about nations. It's about people groups. And while we become a little selfish, we think, oh, man, it's going to be so powerful, so amazing. God's going, oh, man. <laughs> the greatness that he's put in you is not for you. Amen? So thank God for a church like this. But I know your pastors are pressing forward. And I want to encourage you. One of the best things you can do for your pastor, and he paid me to say this, just to be really clear. One of the best things you can do is don't settle. Be thankful, but don't settle. The lesson and the reason why most of the church is stuck here is you'll never step into God's vision without serving another man's vision. Now, I'm not talking about serving another man's vision in sin. I'm not obviously referring to that. But what I am referring to is if you are too big to serve another man's vision, you'll never serve God's vision. It's about humility and humbling ourselves under the mighty hand of God. Now, look, the next step is we're into the jailhouse, the house of death. Isn't that awesome? (laughs) And the reason why most Christians don't go to this next step is because they don't want to pay the price. The house, the jailhouse, is where it appears that the dream and destiny, the seed has died. You ever got that dream from God? You know, you, you press through constriction, you've been serving faithfully, and then you, you come, oh God, I'm looking forward to this. And then in your heart, you feel like the whole thing's gone. Friend, if you're there, I want to encourage you again, like with the seed, no death of the seed, no life in the plant. And I want to encourage you, I know some of you are here because I've been praying for you for the last three weeks. I know some of you are stuck here. Like, man, God, you promised me stuff and it's gone. Man, God's a redeemer. You've got to believe that God's a restorer. And I want to encourage you that even if you've made mistakes and kind of deviated, gosh, I just know that God is, is a restorer. And that God is, God is more gracious than we are towards ourselves. And God spoke a dream and a destiny over you and you feel like that seed is dead. Please hear me. Good. Because it doesn't die, there's no life. And the reason why the jailhouse was so profound was because he ended up there and it wasn't his fault. Now, I'm not endorsing someone's, you know, we don't want part of his wife running around trying to jump into bed with us. That's not what I'm referring to. But God will allow sometimes even things where you've been wronged to position you in a place so that the seed can die and get into the ground. And we're, in the name of Jesus, I rebuke the devourer. Friend, most of the stuff that we go through isn't Satan. I mean, no offense with this, 
People come up, Pastor Mike, Satan's attacked me. Are you that important that Satan himself would appear in his be- your bedroom and say, Wah! you know, like a lot of the times your greatest, vi- your greatest battle will not be against the devil. It'll be against your flesh. To be honest, now listen, do I believe in the attack of the enemy? My gosh, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, there are moments where all, it feels like all of hell is against you and your family. I'm not referring to that. You know that. But what I am saying is don't get bitter in the jail. So what did Joseph do in the jailhouse? Verse 39. Uh, sorry, chapter 39, verse 20. But while Joseph was there in prison, God was with him. Same statement as when he was with Potiphar's house. He showed Joseph kindness, growing in favor. That was the same as Potiphar's house in the eye of the prison warden. So the warden put Joseph in charge of all that was held in the prison. What? So he had so much favor and authority, he became the leader of the jail as a prisoner. The warden paid him no attention to anything under Joseph's care. Now, look, if you want him to escape, this is amazing. Let me read that again. The warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success. Let me ask you this question. If God told us everything that was going to happen and that there would be this dying season, would you still do it? (laughs) You know, I would love to say yes. And I guess the fact that here indicates that you're passionate about God, you're passionate about his church, you're passionate about the kingdom. But this stuff is tough. Like, there's no way of, uh, you can't dodge this. You either stay in Potiphar's house and have half fruit, half authority, and disobedience. All right? Half obedience is not obedience. Okay? Some of you need to write that down. Uh, I certainly did. <laughs> and Joseph was faithful. He was faithful in every situation. Proverbs 13, 12 says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. It's tough. And I want you to write this down. This lesson is so important. Delay is not denial. Death is not the end. Gosh, how important that is. Delay is not denial. I say it this way. You know, denial is not just a river in Africa. You like that? That's a good one, eh? Sorry. Delay is not denial. How many people know that God is the God of 11.59 in 55 seconds? I can't remember one time in my life that God was early. Now, he's not late. Now, I wasn't, I wasn't looking behind to see how many of you were late. Uh, and to be honest, I'm not your pastor, so it doesn't bother me. But, it, you know, anyway, let's move on. So, I reckon there'd be some of us here that you're like, gosh, God is so slow. He's not slow. Okay? It's not denial. God is faithful, but he doesn't work to our time frame. How many people are aware of that? And so what we tend to do, get, please hear this. We tend to get the what right. What is God saying? We get that right. What we get wrong is when. And so what happens is that the when jeopardizes the what when we do it in our own strength. What is God saying? When is it for? You know how this all comes about? The answer to those questions is Jacob's house uh, conception, well house constriction, part of his house testing and training, and then you get to the jailhouse, the house of death of the sea. That's when you start to get revelation. 
And Frank, can I just promise you this? That the next house is the king's house. It's Pharaoh's house. And this only comes after constriction. And it only comes after the death of the seed. And this is where you and I, the church, rule and reign with the king's authority. Now, most of us, me included, want to go from the conception of the vision in Jacob's house, skip all those steps, take one step back. I'm ruling with the king's authority. You know, a Jewish slave in jail in one day became like Pharaoh when he spoke. And the story goes on. If you haven't read it, can I just encourage you to read? It's one of the most profound passages in the Bible. And all of a sudden, Joseph is uh, like the prime minister. Like he's like, everything he says is like Pharaoh saying it. He's the ambassador. And not only did Joseph bring, uh, you know, uh, saving people's lives through food in Egypt, but it also brought about his family being you know, saved and fed. And that vision of you know, his grain of wheat and his family bound down to him came completely true as he's sitting on Pharaoh's throne and his family come before him and bow down. Gosh, God's faithful to the dream. God is faithful to the promise. I just want to encourage that some of you need to hear that, that some of you have dropped the ball in a sense because you misunderstood the well house. And you misunderstood Pharaoh's house as that was the end. God promised this, but I got that. That's not how it works. And then you get to the jailhouse, you're like, come on, God. Really? And you just walk away. Pick it back up. God's faithful. God's merciful. God is with you today. And I'm here to tell you to pick up that dream and destiny and trust God whatever step you're in. Now, let me just give you some fine print here. I find in my life... I'm going through that once, but then I find I'm going through that stage lots of times as well. I can tell you what stage I'm in, and to be honest, I use this with my counseling with people. I use this probably for my own life and go, God, I'm here again, am I? God, help me to learn the lesson. But if you're here today, and God gave you a dream and a vision, and if we're honest about it, just due to circumstance in life, and life is not fair, you just kind of let go of that. You love Jesus, but... ah. Uh, disappointed, discouraged. You had dreams and visions for your family in here. You're just like, man, come on, pick it back up. God is faithful. You can trust him, which is so important. If I can have the team come. Let me just encourage you. This is the lesson of Pharaoh's house. So, so important. The lesson of Pharaoh's house is the pain of obedience is forgotten by the fruit of obedience. Gosh, the pain of the well, the pain of Potiphar, you know, accusing him wrongly, the pain of the jailhouse is forgotten by the fruit of obedience. This was best illustrated to me when it came to childbirth. Uh, I, I've got three kids. I've been at four, child, uh, four well, three births. Uh, they were twins, so that, that was one. Uh, I was born. Uh, that's two. I don't remember much, thank God. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, also my oldest son. And I remember when my oldest son was born, and I don't want to kind of freak people out by this, and those who just got engaged, something for you to look forward to, uh, <laughs> especially the husband. Anyway, 
Um, so I won't go into detail, but Michelle, you know, the, how many men, how, how awesome is it that we're not females? <laughs> Can I just say that if childbirth was left up to men, the world's population would be about two or three. They just wouldn't do ah, stuff it. It's not worth it, right? <laughs> so first, you know, my oldest son, Joel's getting born, and I'm just in awe. I'm like, my goodness, gosh. Oh, this is, this is amazing. This is hectic. And then afterwards, uh, you know, the placenta's got to be given birth, and the, 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 uh, the doctor, midwife, whatever, walks out. It looks like a horse needle. Like, it's got this massive, and like, it was just, I went, that cannot go in a person. And, and they get the horse needle and just pop it into Michelle's thigh. And I'm like, gosh, that's got to hurt. And she's just talking away, holding the baby and oh, smiling. Oh, this is amazing. Didn't even notice the needle. I almost fainted. And I said to her afterwards, you remember that? She goes, no. She was holding her son, Joel. And the pain of the childbirth is forgotten in the joy of the, of the childbirth. Some of us are stuck in the pain. Hey, friend, God is going to bring birth to that promise in your life. Just got to go through this stuff. You can't stay in, in labor. <laughs> How many women are thankful for that? Uh, husbands? Yeah, me too. You can't stay there, man. It's filled with discouragement. It's filled with bitterness. This is if it, you just stay in that season. If you stay in jail... Bitterness. Oh, man. If only I was part of a church. Da, 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 da. Oh, if only, if only Pastor Mike would, you know, speak in tongues more. Or, you know, why does he always preach out of the Old Testament? What about the Gospels? Uh, why does he talk about tithing? Oh, man. <laughs> man as pastors, we want to help bring to fruition the things that God has promised to you. And uh, I just want to encourage you today. Don't let go. If, you've, if you have no idea what God wants for your life, you're in Jacob's house. Seek God. Why don't we stand this morning? I want you to bow your head, close your eyes just for a moment. Uh, firstly, if you're here today and you're not a follower of Jesus, friend, I want to let you know that God loves you absolutely and completely. Matter of fact, God doesn't love you more because you become a Christian. He will never love you more than He loves you now. The value that He places on your life is the price that was paid, paid for you, which is the birth and the death and the resurrection of Jesus. And if you're not a Christian today, or maybe you used to be life's busy, you walked away from God, then this morning is your time to make things right with God. The Holy Spirit has brought you here today to bring restoration and redemption and forgiveness of sin today, right now. And with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you'd like to me to include you in a prayer this morning, a prayer of salvation, a prayer we ask Jesus to come and forgive you of his sin, put your hand up right now. Whether for the first time, or maybe this is, you know, a prayer of recommitment. God loves you. God is here today to forgive you. Put your hand up straight away, and I want to pray with you right where you're standing. So look around here. Everyone might be right with God. Awesome. Well, if, if you were afraid to put your hand up but want to have a chat, just come and chat to uh, one of the leaders, the pastors in the church or to me, and we want to help you in your journey. Just with your head bowed and eye closed, I wonder what house you're currently living at. And I'm going to read out some of these things, and then I'm going to pray into it. 
Are you at the house of Jacob? Are you at the house of conception where you're trying to figure out what God wants to do with your life? Friend, find a mentor. Find a trusted friend who you can share your God, dream, and destiny with. I did that. I have a, a, a pastor called Pastor Gary Swenson. I speak to him once a week for the last 25 years. Amen? He's helped bring this thing to fruition. Maybe you're at the well house. God's given you a dream and vision. You step out and the opposite happens. It's a house of constriction. Friend, hold on to that vision. I know it seems like it'll never happen, but God does not lie. You can hold on to that. God is true to his word. And even while it seems like everything around you is going wrong, you can trust him. Help doesn't come from the north, south, east, and west. It comes from above. Look up, reach out to God, and you watch what God does. Are you at Potiphar's house, the house of testing and training? Hey, friend, be faithful. Be loyal. Hey, church leader, be loyal. Love your pastors. Encourage them. Do what I call the golden handshake. Give them cash. Buy them presents. Can I just say this? I'm not your pastor. It's a tough job. It's so fulfilling, but it's tough. Friend, serve in part of a house. Be faithful. Serve. Even if it isn't exactly the picture that God's given you, just be faithful. Hey, maybe you're in the house of prison, the jailhouse, the death to the seed. Please understand that the seed's got to die and go to the ground. Miss, don't misunderstand that uh, denial isn't delay. God is faithful. Are you in the house of the king? Remember that you now rule and reign with the king's authority. Please remember that that power is not for you. It's not about you. It's always about others. Christian, have you noticed that when you gave your life to Jesus, you didn't get raptured to heaven? Eh? So why are you here? We're here to bring the king's authority, the king's blessing, the king's gospel, the king's power, the king's healing. We're here to bring another kingdom against the kingdom of darkness. And we don't cower in fear what the enemy does. We rise up with an authority that's not mine. This is why prayer is so powerful. You know, I reckon we're going to get to heaven, some of us, <laughs> and uh, most of us, all of us. Um, and I reckon there'll be two just mind-blowing moments. It'll be this. Why did that man take upon his back my sin? There'll be this overwhelming sense of fear, like awe and fear and gratitude. But I reckon there'll be a, this is not good theology, so bear with me here. Uh, there may be a little hint of regret because I think in heaven we'll truly understand the power of prayer. <laughs> when you pray, it's not your words. Now, friend, I want to encourage you to speak in the Spirit. Pray in tongues. It is the King's language. Heaven's language is faith spoken in tongues. The authority that God wants for you is powerful, but you've got to go through a well and a jail to get it. Amen? Do the journey. Let me just pray for you this morning as I hand back over to Ben, uh, Pastor Ben. God, I just want to thank you for this faith, these faithful people. And God, for those who are, who are trying to figure out, God, what you've got for their life. Lord, I pray in the house of Jacob, 
Holy Spirit, I pray, bring revelation. God, is there faithful each day in going into the secret place and spending time, Lord, worshiping you? God, would you speak to them? God, would you come and be a God of revelation to them? God, for those who've stepped out in faith on the dream and they're in the bottom of a well, I just pray that, God, you come and encourage them. God, let them, tr- let them learn that we can trust you, that we don't go to the world, Lord, that we don't go to well-meaning family alone, but, God, we reach up. Help comes from above. Thank you, Jesus. God, let that be, Lord, the, 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 an encouragement for those in the wellhouse. God, for those who are in the house of Potiphar, life's good. Got some authority, got some fruit. I'm trusted. God, help us not to settle. God, we're thankful for what you've done in this church. So incredible. But we reach out for more. We're thankful. We don't strive, but we reach out in faith. We're not striving. We're reaching out for more. And for those, God, for those who are in the jailhouse, God, would you come right now by the power of your spirit? Just come and encourage them. Come on, if that's you, you feel like everything's just died. You feel like the dream is gone. Put your hand up right now. I know there's people here. I could call you out, but I won't. Thank you, Lord. God, would you come and encourage? God, would you come? Holy Spirit, just come and fill their hearts with faith. Faith. Speak again, oh God. Lord, I thank you that even in the darkest moments, that Joseph was still faithful to the call. What did Joseph do in the jail? He had authority. He helped bring, you know, deliverance and speak favor over these people. Thank you, God, for that. And God, as we step into the fullness of the, of the dream and destiny, I pray let the blessing, let the authority not be about us, but let it all be about you. Let it all be about the kingdom extended. Let it all be, God, for our unsafe family and friends, our, our neighbors that don't know Jesus. God, I pray that our lives would speak well of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that people would see our lives, that they would taste and see that the Lord is so very good. God, I want to thank you, God, that you're faithful. In Jesus' name, God, we give praise and honor to you. Thank you, Lord. Hey, listen, uh, if you'd like prayer for one of these stages, the, the tough ones, the obvious ones are the well and the jail. Maybe you're in part of this house and you're like, gosh, I didn't realize I was settling. I want you to come out the front, especially those in the jailhouse and those stuck in a well. Come out the front. I want to pray for you. I assume we've got a ministry team that will come and pray. And don't leave this place feeling discouraged. This is a good word for you. It's a good word for you to get up and keep going on what God's got to do. Come on, come out the front as I hand back to Pastor Ben.